Hello everybody, this is our third sermon in the book of Ruth. We are learning lessons in commitment and the lesson from Ruth chapter 3 is a commitment to family. I have a cousin who is in a long-term relationship. So long in fact his girlfriend is now desperately dropping hints. At New Year, when we saw them last, she declared straight out in front of us all that she wanted to get married and she couldn't work out why it was taking so long for him to propose. In a few moments when my cousin had left the room, I asked her why she didn't just ask him herself. After all, 2020 was a leap year. But she said no, she couldn't. It was right that he proposed to her when he was ready. Now, if this is still the situation in the supposedly progressive society of 21st century Britain, imagine what it was like for women in Israel 3,000 years ago. In that traditional and patriarchal world, young women had no means of initiating a relationship at all. It was simply unheard of for a woman to approach a man and ask for marriage. This leaves Naomi at the beginning of the third chapter of Ruth in a very difficult position. As the parent-in-law, she has the responsibility of seeing to the future of her son's widow. Yet Naomi has no husband of her own to make the required negotiations. Naomi wants to find Ruth a home where she'll be well provided for. She wants Ruth's vulnerable existence of gleaning in the fields to come to an end, but there are no obvious solutions available to her. Eventually, after a period of hard thinking, Naomi realises that if Ruth is going to have any hope of this future security, she is going to have to break with tradition and courageously take the initiative herself. But what a strategy Naomi comes up with. Her plan to encourage Boaz towards marrying Ruth is not just daring, it is downright scandalous. I've read several commentaries on this chapter this week. One almost described Ruth 3 as an erotic scene from a romance novel, a steamy tryst like those played by lead characters in a soap opera. Another described Naomi and Ruth manipulating Boaz into the most compromising position imaginable, so in the end his hand was forced. Now I think both those interpretations are exaggerated, especially considering how sparse the narrative is. But there is no question that what Naomi tells Ruth to do is deeply suggestive. Let's look at the facts. Naomi tells Ruth to wash, perfume herself and put on her best clothes. These are the dark arts of feminine seduction. She then tells her to lie down beside an unmarried man while he sleeps, knowing full well that Boaz will be on his own and have a few drinks in his system. Finally, she tells Ruth to partially uncover Boaz. Now, you may not know this, but feet in Hebrew is a euphemism for male genitals. 
I don't think this story suggests that Ruth completely exposed Boaz, otherwise he'd have woken up a lot sooner. But the blatant forwardness of this act is undeniable. I wonder how many mothers would encourage their unmarried daughters to behave this way on Isla today. Suddenly a gust of wind or a creature scuttling across the floor startles Boaz awake and we get the sense that he is immediately aware of the compromising position that he finds himself in. I imagine him peering through blurry eyes at the beautiful fragrant woman at the end of his bed scarcely believing what he sees. I imagine him thinking to himself, am I dreaming? How much did I have to drink this evening? And then more seriously, what have I forgotten? The text condenses this all down to one urgent question. Who are you? Boaz asks. Remember from chapter 2, Boaz is a godly man. Boaz takes God's law very seriously, so seriously he allows foreigners to take grain from his fields. So this is not a man who is used to waking up with girls by his bed. For a moment Boaz is utterly bewildered. For a split second he doesn't know what to do with himself. He probably began though by hastily recovering his feet. We should be in no doubt. If even in the overly sexualised world that we live in today, this act would be considered provocative, in Israel 3,000 years ago, it would have been bold beyond belief. Naomi's suggestive scream is extreme. And that shows us just how dire her and Ruth's situation was. The Book of Ruth is written by a master storyteller. As Boaz blurts out his question, you could cut the tension with a knife. But that immediately starts to be resolved when Ruth begins to speak. I am your servant Ruth, she said. This is the point where Boaz starts to wipe the sweat off his brow and heaves a deep sigh of relief. It is Ruth the woman the whole area knows as being of noble character. So nothing has happened that Boaz might regret. Well, not yet, anyway. But what's this? Now she has his full attention, she has a question for him. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. Now this seems a very ambiguous comment to us today. Is she asking to get into bed with him? No, Boaz certainly doesn't see it that way. He knows exactly what she means. Ruth is making a proposal. She's not asking for sex. She's asking for family. She's asking for her guardian redeemer to act according to his responsibility in Jewish law and provide for his vulnerable relatives. The key words of the whole chapter come in what Boaz says next. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. 
And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. What does Boaz mean when he says that Ruth has carried out an act of kindness greater than what she showed earlier? How is sneaking up on someone in bed an act of kindness? What was the previous act of kindness? And who was that act of kindness shown to? The clue to everything lies in the Hebrew text. The root to the word kindness here is again that special word hesed. The word for loyal covenantal love. The word for an act that goes way beyond the call of duty. The word that describes in other contexts the way that God loves us. Who had Ruth previously shown Hesed towards? It wasn't Boaz. It was Naomi. Ruth showed kindness to Naomi when she travelled to Israel with her rather than returning to her own land of Moab. She showed it again when she left the safety of Naomi's presence and went out to pick crops on the edge of a stranger's field. Ruth has acted with great sacrifice for Naomi's benefit. Yet Boaz immediately understands that this act is the most sacrificial of them all. In coming to him privately at night and propositioning him for marriage, she has shown the greatest of loyalty. Ruth was under no legal obligation to get married. Whatever expectations there were on Israelites to get remarried after bereavement, they did not apply to her, for she was not an Israelite. She was a foreigner from Moab. Ruth was also free to marry someone her own age. She didn't have to go with Boaz, the relative of her in-laws, and thereby a man old enough to be her father. Boaz is greatly flattered that she's even thought twice about him. There is only one initial reason that Ruth would have been prepared to go through with this scandalous scheme, and that was for Naomi's benefit. By marrying Boaz, the family redeemer, she is securing Naomi's future, not just her own. By marrying Boaz, Ruth is likely to be an early widow for a second time in her life, but she does it to ensure that Naomi has safe lodging with her kin for the rest of her days. Boaz gets this immediately. He understands what Ruth is doing. He understands that yet again she is sacrificing herself and it's all for the sake of family. Through this proposed marriage, Ruth is making permanent her bond to Naomi and her people. A bond that will last long past the day when Naomi herself will die. Yes, it has taken the creation of a scandalous scene, but there were no other avenues open at the time. Women were just not able to propose to men back then. As Ruth lay down that night, she could have been rejected. She could have been humiliated. She could have been used and abused in such a way that all her future prospects would have been ruined by the shame. Yet she was prepared to take the risk 
She was prepared to do it out of her hesed love for Naomi and her commitment to the family that she had previously married into. If chapter one of this book demonstrated Ruth's commitment to Naomi who was suffering, and chapter two showed Boaz's commitment to foreigners in need, chapter three of Ruth shows a noble commitment to family. It began with Naomi, the mother-in-law, coming up with the best plan she could to provide for the bereaved and vulnerable Ruth. It continued with Ruth sacrificing herself yet again by turning down the options for a marriage with someone her own age and instead taking the one marriage opportunity that secured the life of Naomi. It finishes with Boaz responding in kind and looking after both Ruth and Naomi together. After his initial bewilderment, Boaz springs into action on Ruth's behalf. He promises to protect her and do what he can for her. He then makes the move to save her honour as well, ensuring that she can leave his dwelling in a way that prevents a scandal. He then provides yet more grain for Ruth and Naomi to eat while arrangements for the future are still being made. Notice how Boaz personally measures out the grain and then gently puts it on Ruth's back. Contrary to those commentators who want to turn this scene into erotic fiction, this is actually the only time Boaz touches Ruth in the whole encounter. And we get the sense that he only allows himself this act of tenderness because Ruth has first proposed to him. Notice also how Boaz is respectful of wider family relations. Before he makes any promises regarding marriage, he must first clear the matter with a nearer relative who should have first refusal on marrying a widow within the family. Boaz is so committed to his family unit, he will show honour towards a potential rival to his happiness. Yet Boaz also ensures that this investigation is carried out as quickly as possible to ensure that Naomi and Ruth are not left uncomfortably waiting any longer than was strictly necessary. Be in no doubt, this chapter really is about family loyalty. There is a danger if we don't grasp this. If we do not see why Ruth did what she did, it turns the book into a Cinderella story. It perpetuates the Disney myth that all women need to marry a rich man if they want to be something in life. The church peddling that nonsense does women no favours today at all. It's very clear in this book that Ruth is respected and admired as a noble woman in her own right long before she marries Boaz. We have to read this story then in the context of its time. The way things were, not necessarily the way things ought to be. Ruth agrees to this risky act because she's prepared to put her family, Naomi in particular, above her own personal ambitions and that is the lesson we are to take away. Having said that, this book does not condemn Ruth to a life of lying back and thinking of Israel either. Boaz was a good man. There's no reason why he would not make her very happy indeed. 
The fact that Ruth complied with Naomi's instruction of dressing and perfuming herself showed that she wanted to be attractive to Boaz and not just a wife out of obligation. There is no reason why as a couple they did not enjoy sexual attraction and sexual love. The book ends with great rejoicing and it's more than likely that the intimacy of their relationship was a great part of it. But the lesson for us today is not on how to date or how to propose. The lesson is how to show Hesed love. The deep, unending, beyond the bounds of responsibility, commitment to your family around you. Throughout this book, in the actions of Ruth and Boaz, we have caught a glimpse of how God loves us. As we see Ruth going beyond the call of duty, we are reminded of the love that God shows us that we do not deserve in any way. As we see Ruth taking huge risks and making herself vulnerable, we are reminded of the vulnerability of Jesus as he suffered on the cross. As we see all that Ruth did to ensure that Naomi stayed within the protection of family, we remember the great lengths God has gone to right throughout Scripture to protect and provide for us. How do we respond to this great Hesed love? We respond by trying to show a little of the same love to our family and friends. That could mean not abandoning our elderly relatives to care homes where we never go to visit them. That could mean making the effort to stay in touch with lonely friends and relatives. It certainly means putting family before personal ambition and achievement, particularly in terms of how many hours we work and how long we spend away from home. As we go through this crisis, Family is one of the greatest resources we have to help each other through the anxiety, financial hardships and challenges to our faith. If as Christians we can set an example by how we treat both our natural and church family, we will be showing the world how much God loves them. His Hesed commitment to his family is the greatest thing a human being could ever know.